G'day everybody and welcome to Polly Waffle where we waffle on about politics. This is the girl power season. I'm LK and that's Rossi. Hey mate. G'day. G'day. How's your shit? Mate, very tight intro. Thank you. Um, my shit is uh, ship shape and shiny. Thank you. <laughs> great. Well then my shit's great too. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to talk about female leader Aung San Suu Kyi from Myanmar, which used to be known as Burma. Have you ever been to Burma? Um, no, but I do recall one time you saw that the, ch- the flights are really cheap and you were like, I'm going to go. And everyone was like, yeah, nah, I don't think so, mate. Yeah, I wanted to go because um, I think it's one of those places or it used to be one of those places where you have to go on an official government tour and, like, there's no ATMs and it's all very, um, what's the word, like militaristic? Is that a word? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. And I I love that vibe. I thought that would be really fascinating um, to do but then I didn't. Then I just, I think I just went to Thailand and got drunk. Yeah, like is it on the same level as uh, North Korea or not quite that bad? Nah, not quite that bad. Like um, North Korea is pretty intense. Remember when that American kid like got murdered by North Korea for maybe stealing a poster? Yeah. Okay, so first off, um, please forgive pronunciations because um, I'm truly doing my best. All these names are very foreign to me and I'm doing my best. Um, also, a lot of the literature sways between use, using Myanmar and using Burma because it used to be called Burma. Now it's not, but some of the articles still say Burma, so I'm sorry. I don't know if that's offensive or not. Do you know when it changed? Great question. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was recently. Hang on. I'm going to look it up. This is going to be such a bitch to edit. Hang on. When did... Burma name change. Look, that's the last question I'm going to ask you if this is going to result in shit editing times for me, okay? Okay. No, it, it changed in 1989. Oh, okay. Yeah. So actually that is way more back than I thought because I think we've been calling it Burma since like probably 2007, so that's rude. Yeah, that is rude. Anyway, so... This is my three-bullet history of Burma slash Myanmar. It was under British rule from 1824 to 1942, and then during World War II it was under Japanese rule because Japan invaded it from 1942 to 1945, and then it got formal independence in 1948, and I put freedom in air quotes because, as we'll discover, not everybody has been totally free. Okay. So have you heard of this Aung San Suu Kyi character? What do you know? I know very little, mate. I know that she's she's got a really lovely, kind-looking face. And I know that's probably really patronising, but she does, I think. Yeah. And also I read an article that said she weighs 48 kilos and is susceptible to disease because she's quite small. Oh. She's busy. She's got no time to eat. I know. <laughs> she's very busy. <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> so, Aung San Suu Kyi was born in 1945 on June the 19th. And did you know that Burmese people don't have last names? Oh, really? Yeah. She just doesn't have a last name. She just has four first names. Okay, so you don't when you have kids you don't have to pass on a name? 
Nah, fuck that. Wow, that's cool. Then you just give them a whole new name and no one gets upset. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm sure they still get upset because dad wants to call the kid, you know, John and mum wants to call it Boris. Like there's still probably that. Probably. Okay, so she was born in 1945 and she was from a pretty politically connected family. So her dad was one of the people that negotiated Burma's independence in 1947 from the Japanese and the British, but because things were really volatile, he was actually assassinated in 1947, so she was two. Whoa. Yeah, so that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she had two older brothers. One brother died in the lake on their property when he was eight, so pretty dev childhood. Uh, and then her mother gained political prominence when Burma became independent and she was ambassador to India in the 60s. Her mum was. So pretty, like, you know, pretty connected. Okay. Yep. Don't you wish that, like, you were the daughter of an ambassador? Because I certainly do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but don't – wouldn't that mean you have to, like, travel around a lot as a kid? Yeah. I think as a teenager that's – it's not great. I hear teenagers get upset about having to change schools and stuff. Yeah, but teenagers also love money and ambassadors are always rich. <laughs> so so her mum's an ambassador to India. She went to uni in India and then got a master's from Oxford in the UK. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so pretty smart. Then she moved to New York City to work for the UN and lived with her family friend who was a Burmese pop star. Okay. So she's winning. To this point, like probably... What is yet to come in her life? Nah, I don't reckon. Though, speaking of you, she did marry a British guy. You love British <laughs> guys. <laughs> yeah, I really did for a time, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really phased out. But look, put any British guy in front of you with a guitar, all bets are off. So she marries this British guy in New York. His name's Michael. They have two kids. Amazing. Uh, Then in 1988, she returns to Burma to look after her mother who's really sick. Okay. And so she's looking after her mom and also sort of on the side starting a pro-democracy movement in Burma. (laughs) So as you do. Yeah. So in Burma at the time, it's basically run by the military and uh, is no fun for anybody except the military. Okay. Yeah. And so she starts a side hustle. Yeah, yeah. As she's like making the cold compress for her mum, she's also like, you know, making a few posters, calling a few friends, spreading the good word of democracy, which I respect. Good on her. There's a reason that people in Burma don't really start pro-democracy movements and that's because um, the military really don't like it and they get really mad. Right. Okay. Yep. So um, over the next 15 Oh, so over the next 21 years, she spends 15 years in house arrest on numerous occasions. So from 1988, when she starts this side hustle, the government are like watching her and every now and then they just either force her into prison or make her stay in her house and she's not allowed to go anywhere. I do know that. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. So not ideal. No. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, from 1988, she's under house arrest, first at her mother's house. But she doesn't give up the side hustle. She's like, well, you know, I'm still alive, so I'm going to I'm gonna keep going with this democracy thing. So then in 1990, 
while she's still under house arrest, I think her mother's dead at this point. She like runs for election and wins, but because she's a criminal, it's all void and she's still under house arrest. So the military just like void the election. So it's like she gets, it'd be like if, you know, if, who's the JG right now? Oh, mate, I don't know. Anyway, it'd be like, it's still Quentin Bryce because that's the last one I can remember. It'd be like if um, Quentin Bryce put ScoMo under house arrest, but then he still ran in the election and he won, but then old mate Quentin was like, nah, that election wasn't real then because you can't win, so I'm going to keep being the boss the end. Yeah, like that'd be great. Could we make that happen? So um, she wins a Nobel Peace Prize in 1991 but can't accept it she's still under house arrest. She's just in, in her house this whole time, like can't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Then in 1995 she's released, like she's served her period of house arrest but her husband has just been diagnosed with terminal testicular cancer and they won't let him in the country. So let me backtrack. In 1998, she goes to Burma to look after her mom. She leaves the kids and her husband in New York because it's only going to be a short trip. But uh-huh. then she's under house arrest and so doesn't see them until 1995, right? Like is under house arrest. They can't get to her. She can't get to them. Wow, then, how shit. I know, it'd be real shit. So then in 1995, they let her out, but her husband is terminally ill and they won't let him into the country. They say because they don't have the resources to look after him, but it's really probably just because she's a bit of a, um, she's a bit of a stone in their shoe, if you will, banging on about this democratic bullshit. (laughs) And so he dies before they ever see each other again. Wow, that's so sad. I know. Isn't that the saddest thing? But why didn't she go? She's not allowed to go back to New York? No, no. She's still like a considered a criminal. She just wasn't under house arrest. Ah, so she's on like parole or whatever. Yeah, she's on like parole. And everyone got involved. The UN and the Pope were like, hey, Verma, why don't you just let this guy in to see his wife? And they were like, nah, we're not going to do it. Yeah, so that's Dev. Um, she also doesn't see her kids between 1988 and 2011. Whoa. Yeah, because she's all about this democracy thing, man. She is like, it's this or bust, baby. Yeah, and then so after her husband died, the kids just stayed in New York and raised themselves. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh. But they did get to accept her Nobel Peace Prize on her behalf, which would be pretty fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, probably not as fun as having a mum, but... This is kind of the stuff I remember. Yeah. Up to this point. So, yeah, what else you got? <laughs> Basically, there's a lot of attacks on her. Like the government hire a lot of people to be mobs and like attack her cars and all kinds of weird shit like while she's not on house arrest. So there's this one story where the government paid a mob of 200 people 50 cents each to go and, like, fuck her shit up. And I think 50 cents in Burma in the 90s was a lot. These are really – this is not a wealthy country. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She keeps on keeping on, and while she's not under house arrest, she can't, like, meet any other world leaders or even really talk to them, but, like, people know about her. Like the Pope's getting involved in her shit and people are like, yeah, this girl's going to get it done. 
Yeah, and this is like before WhatsApp, right? So she can't even like send them an encrypted message. Nah. Mate, they don't have ATMs in Burma, I don't think. It's like <laughs> this is like not a fax machine. Like I think you're like carrier pigeon. Yeah, right. What you're dealing with. Shit house. Yeah. Um then and uh in September twenty-three, they finally get enough evidence to put her under house arrest again. So the, the whole time, so they release her in 95, between 95 and 2000, they're just like planning all these attacks and then in 2000 they put her under house arrest again. Okay. Then in 2002 she gets out. It, it's a, There's a lot of this. Then in 2003 she gets put back in. So they're just fucking with her. Yeah. Then in 2009 this American guy named John flew from Missouri to Burma. Um, so where she was under house arrest, there's kind of like a lake around it. So you couldn't get to it unless you go across the lake. He swam across the lake. He m- maybe had some mental issues. Like he, in his mind, thought that she was a divine figure that he had to go meet. And so he flew from Missouri to Burma, swam across this lake. When he got there, her house staff were like, oh, mate, maybe you should go away. And so he went away and then a few days later he swam back and um, he was really unwell from swimming all that way. And so they took him into the house and, like, looked after him and gave him a shower. Mm-hmm. But letting anyone into the house was against the rules. Oh. Yeah. So she went on trial. Her and her maids went on trial and, like, there was this whole big thing hullabaloo um and she was sentenced to prison to do hard labor but then eventually they just like because there was all this international pressure they just like wound it back so she just stayed under house arrest so hold up a minute she's not allowed to let a a man into her her house who needs some help mentally physically yada yada but she's allowed to have a maid yep (laughs) I don't know where the maid came from, like if it was a government-issued maid, like I don't really understand. Okay. Yeah, it's all a bit weird. Yeah, it sounds a little fucked up to me, but okay. Yeah, I think the whole thing is fairly fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That that can be the, like, the title of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Fairly fucked up. In 2010... She gets out of house arrest again. And everyone's like, fucking finally, it's 2010. We can stop with this bullshit. We're going to fix my amour. Like everything is finally going to be okay. Um, The issue is, like she's really popular, has a lot of fans, but because she's been like classified as a criminal, she's not allowed to run for office. Like she can't be president even though everyone wants her to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so she just runs for all these like, almost as good things and basically she just travels around the world like her whole thing is like non-violent protests and so she meets with all these presidents and like promotes Burma and does all this good shit and everyone's all about it I think she was like one of Time Magazine's most influential people like very good news story now that she's finally out hooray yep. what do you know about Rohingya Muslims absolutely nothing okay so Aung San Suu Kyi is Buddhist, and I think a lot of people in Myanmar are Buddhist. There's also about 1.5 million Muslim people that live primarily in one area. Um, and so they've been there forever. They're indigenous people to that 
part of the world, but they've never really been treated well. Like they can't, they're not allowed to be citizens of Burma. Like they're non-citizened. They're not allowed to go anywhere. They can't have government jobs. Like it's all a bit. So they just like live in this limbo land that's not part of anything. Yeah, exactly. In really bad conditions and the military are always fucking with them and there's lots of like every couple of years you hear like, oh, there was this massacre and that massacre. Mm-hmm. And it's often referred to as ethnic cleansing. Do you know what that means? Like to get rid of a eth necessity yeah so they basically do whatever they can to like eliminate that group of people so it's like a lot of like killing them but it's also like just creating conditions that are so horrible that they just don't want to either be there or they don't want to exist at all like it's 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 no good so it's like ongoing genocide yes it's ongoing genocide since like forever um so in 2012 Uh, Aung San Suu Kyi uh, said in an interview that she didn't think that they should be considered Burmese citizens. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. And she refused to condemn the violence against them. Mm. Yeah. And um, that the whole issue was the fault of Muslim people because um, Muslim power is getting too great. In the world. Wow, this is an interesting turn of events. Isn't it? Isn't it just? Yeah. Wow. So she's pro-democracy her whole life and then and then now she's bringing religion into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it took a while for people to catch on because they really, everyone in the world really wanted to champion this woman. And so she got a Nobel Peace Prize and like she won all these awards and everyone wanted their photo with her and she met Obama and she met the Pope and she did all the things. And then in 2012 slash 2013, these things sort of started to leak out. And in 2017, she started being like stripped of all her awards like all the awards are gone, all the the fancy foundations and the commissions are like reneging. Whoa. I know. And there's been all these like recent attacks on these Rohingya people. Like there was one, there was a genocide from October 2016 to January 2017 and then there's one that's been going on since August 2017 and is still happening now. Like you still hear about it in the news, like people being killed and like fleeing into Nepal and like just all kinds of horrible shit. And she she's done everything that she can to like deny journalists access to that story as well. So journalists don't really like her. Everyone's gotten rid of her awards. But she but because of how she's been like set up, like since the 80s, she's been this kind of political martyr, right? And so everybody wanted her to do really well. And so now she's probably the most powerful person in Burma. Mm. she might be a baddie I don't know that's hard why I mean she did so so many good things yeah that you know this one bad thing is overshadowing all the good things Mm -hmm. and also killing people though like she could I think I I don't want to don't quote me on this but I think she has a considerable amount of power to like stop people in Burma being killed and she's not exercising that power. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, do we judge Sandra Bullock on that movie all about Steve she did that was really bad? Like, is that what we think about Sandra Bullock? I don't think we do. <laughs> well, is it? I mean, 
Is it the Michael Jackson argument of like, can you separate the music from the man? It's kind of that. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think you have to with Michael Jackson because he's just a supreme talent. I guess. I just, every time I hear his music now, I'm like, oh, are we doing that? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine well, a world without Michael Jackson music. I think I'm in a more um, quote-unquote woke circle than you. Like, <laughs> I'm hanging out with, like, younger Americans too. And it's all well, like, they, oh, no, no, Michael, never Michael Jackson. They would have cancelled Michael, Michael Jackson. Yeah. You need to stop hanging out with them. <laughs> One of them's my husband. Just to wrap up before we get into the, a debate, um, guess what happened to her in February of 2021? Uh, she got the COVID. Uh, no, she got put under house arrest again. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. So she's currently under house arrest right now. But there's some, there is some, um, I mean, there's always unrest there, but there's some bad unrest there at the moment. Yeah, because all these Rohingya Muslims are being killed, I think. Right. Because, um, you know, while we're talking about politics, in Australia at the moment there is this kind of belated Me Too movement in politics. So a few weeks ago there was a women's march in Canberra and (laughs) Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, came out and said he didn't go to the women's march and then he came out and said that the women at the Women's March should think themselves lucky that they're not in Myanmar getting stones thrown at them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, mate. That's not what you want to be saying. In Parliament. Didn't say to some dickhead on the TV, like he said, in Parliament. We're going to play the first dates game. Oh, fuck. Yeah, mate. Go on then. Where would you go? What would you do? What would you wear? Maybe to Rohingya. Go on. What would we do? We would take like a whole heap of food and have a big party with Rohingya Muslims. Oh, I like that, mate. Well done. Yep. I mean like catered. Like we wouldn't be there cooking a barbecue or making sambos. Like No, you go to Subway and get the, you know, platter. (laughs) Yes. Subway platter. And what would we do? Um, we would teach them all the can can polka. Because <laughs> that's what you know how to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's God. really easy to teach people that have never danced before as well, just by the way. Okay, great. What would you wear? I suppose a can can shirt. Oh, what would I wear? Um, look, I'd, I'd want to wear something, you know, traditional, but, um, yeah, maybe with a bit of colour, a bit of sequins. Oh, yeah, obviously. Keep in mind, she has just had foot surgery, though, so probably not not great at dancing herself. Um, that's okay. You can actually, like, you know, you could sit down and do the can-can polka and everyone else could dance around you. Isn't the can-can the one where you kick your legs out a lot, though? Yeah, I know, but just pretend on the seat. Oh, okay. You are a good teacher. I just remember the other day, actually, I don't know why, that um, friends of I know that I know in the dancing world, they teach dancing and they had um, a bridal couple come in to learn a dance for their wedding and <laughs> the girl, let's call her Betty, and the guy, let's call him John, John had taught this bridal couple and then he was like, hey, Betty, I want to show you this dance they're doing for their wedding. So he put the music on and showed <laughs> Betty the bridal dance and um, he taught them the hand jive. 
What's that? Well, is where you don't move your feet, you just dance with your hands, like hand drive from Greece. Oh, yeah. Right. So he taught them the hand drive, except um, the bride didn't have any hands. (laughs) (laughs) What? I know. I know. And then when Betty saw it, she was like, what the fuck have you done? And he was like, what? It's funny. I mean, it's a bit funny. Um, okay, is that uh, is that it? Are we done? I think that's it. Wait, we've got to do. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. Go to our website, alcanrossi dot com, and then you say, "See you all of a sudden." Um, thanks for listening. See you all of a sudden. Hey mate. Hey LK. Do you ever get so busy you forget where your pants are? Yeah, sometimes. Well, I have a solution for you. Please tell me. At lkandrossi.com, we have a fully stocked merch store that includes soft pants. Yeah, and we also have a blog and links to our Facebook, Instagram, iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, we're so good. We bloody are. See how good we are by visiting lkandrossi.com today.